All right, all right. Y'all ready? Hey, we're going to preach on uh, and teach on prayer this morning. And uh, to show you the power of prayer and to show you that everybody, it's in every man, woman and child to pray. It is. I laughed at uh, uh, Jesse DePlantis was on an airplane one time and he was witnessing somebody said, we don't want to hear anything about your Jesus or nothing. And the plane did one of those things and the guy went, oh, Jesus. He goes, no, he's not listening to you. Why are you going to call out to him when you don't want to hear from him? But on Monday night, a serious thing happened on Monday night football. I don't know if you saw it. I happened to see it. But a young man was hit in the chest, just a perfect storm, and it caused his heart to go out of rhythm and his heart quit. And the whole, uh, I say the whole nation, but the whole football nation was watching and people began to pray. And, uh, and you know what? You know, they, they ended up kneeling and praying on the field. Uh, NFL allowed prayer, didn't they? They didn't have nothing to do with it. You know, they take prayer out of school, but one, one, uh, one man said that as long as they have tests, there'll always be prayer. Amen. The kids are going to be praying when test time comes. And, and you know what? It was a test time. You know, I don't believe God did that to that young man. But when times like that happens, it draws people to God to pray because he's our source of strength. When you feel helpless, you can call on God. But guess what? When you feel strong, you need to be calling on God. And that's what we're talking about today. Prayer is so powerful. And uh, even an ESPN uh, analyst said, you know what? I believe in prayer. And, and I'm going to pray right now on national TV. He prayed and led a prayer. And so, you know, that's why we know as believers, and he was a believer, but we know that we need to be praying always. And that's what the Word says, pray always. And so uh, there's so many, I think we could go six months on this, and we might if you don't watch it. Uh, but anyway, we, and, and I already kind of had it in my notes. When you pray, ask God what He wants for you. Too many times we go and tell Him what we want from Him. Lord, uh, uh, you know, I need this, and I need that, and I need this. And we're like a kid at Christmas, and we have all these needs, and then we leave. And we don't just sit down. Do you know that you can tap into the Spirit of God if you'll just sit down and get still? And you'll ask God to visit you. Worldly people have done it. Einstein, every Friday, sat down for half a day and just started getting the mind of God and just start writing down ideals. Many men who inventors asked God for help and wrote down ideas and pursued it. Well, have you ever written down a plan? You know what? The, the, the Lord gave me a song, and I've got, I've got the title, and i got to write it. And I put it in my notes on my phone in the middle of this worship. i got to write a song. You ever thought? Of, I had a lady in my church in Louisiana. She was in her 70s, and she wrote a rap song. Oh, excuse me, mature Elderly, white lady wrote a rap song because she had a heart for kids. Come on. So, so do not limit God. I've never written a song. I've never done that. I've never did that. Well, you've got it on your wall somewhere in your house. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Until he asks you to do it, and you go, wait a minute, Lord. If he asks you to do it, you know, isn't it? I'm, I'm guilty. We all argue with God when he asks us to do something. Is that you, Lord? Well, the devil's not going to ask you to do it. So, we need God's plan, and I want to remind you God's faithful. 
I want to remind you, too, that, that as Christianity is the fastest growing religion, but it's not a religion. It's a lifestyle. It's the way we live, but it's fastest growing in, in, in the world. You can't tell it by watching TV, can you? Did you know that, that Christian movies were in the top 20 in this past year? The, they were in the top 20 more than any other movies. And, and that's hostile. Hostile environment. We don't want your TV. We don't want your movies. We don't want your shows. But the people do. People want Jesus. Don't forget that people want Jesus. They may, yeah, 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 but this is the year of repentance. Have you noticed that, that we've been teaching, and, and, and a lot of people have been teaching on identity, 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 identity. And guess what? Our identity is under attack. You know? We need to recognize that, that our identity is under attack, but we are believers. We are identified with Christ if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. In Christ's realities, we need to know who we are, what belongs to us. If you have a driver's license, you know you have a right to drive. Well, if you're a believer and you believe in Jesus, you have a right to go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and help. Not be a oh, whole Lord, don't kill me. I'm going to pray for a minute. No, he's not going to kill you. He'd already done it. God's not in the getting business. He's in the saving business. And he wants to save you out of your trouble. And he wants to empower you so you can pull somebody else up out of the muck and the mire that you came out of. And establish you so you're, you're established so you can help people out. That's what prayer is about. And so just, just going over things, it's time for change. And we need to change for the better. Amen. And God wants us to. So, so just looking at prayer, there's all kinds of prayers, and we might get into them, but not today. But there's the prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer. There's the prayer of Jabez. Uh, uh, there's prayers uh, of, of, what have I got? Tabernacle prayer. There's seven different places that they went in the tabernacle to get ready to go to the Holy of Holies. And they're all just, they're meaningful things, but, you know, just learning to go to the Father, to the Father, in Jesus' name, when you go to the Father in Jesus' name, you got heaven's attention. Realize that. You're just not just throwing up something and, you know, I hope it sticks somewhere and God does something. But you go to the Father in the name of Jesus and have expectancy that, hey, it's going to change. Now, the trouble is, is the difference between from amen to here it is, is the problem Abraham said, amen, and between amen and here it is, Sarah was all over the place, and he's all over the place, and now 20 years have passed, and I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm too old for it to happen now. No, you're not. So if you said amen, now you got to have that expectancy. Here it's coming. It's coming. It's still coming. I've asked. It's still coming. Because guess what? Some things you ask for, God uses men to give it to you. Money doesn't grow on trees or fall out of the sky. But he's trying to get you in that place to where the blessings poured out for you. And you may be hanging on to the past. When God's saying, get, get over here, get over here, get over here. And it's scary to leave what you're comfortable with. Whoo, I know this. Oh, this is, my, oh, this is mine. I like this job. Well, $2 an hour ain't cutting it for you and your kids. So you're going to have to let some things go. 
That's what prayer is about. That's change. That's repentance. When we think repentance, we think of sin. Repentance means changing my life for the better. But there's one more prayer that we're going to have a little testimony about. It's a prayer of petition. And so uh, Susan told me that, uh, Susan, Dr. Susan Keene told me that she'd come on up. And uh, she had uh, laid out a prayer petition. And she's going to come share what the Lord has done with her business because of prayer. Thank you. Um, I wanted to just get up today and talk to you a little bit about a prayer that was prayed, that we prayed, my husband and my mom and I, for my business. Um, and in order for you to really understand, I want to go back just a little bit and tell you about it. About 25 years ago, I bought a, a practice, an optometric practice from a doctor. He started it in the 60s. It'll be 25 years ago in June that I bought the practice. He had four employees. Um, I had worked for him for a few years. He wanted to retire, so I bought his practice. Um, I don't know how many of you here are familiar with the prayer of petition. I think some of you probably are. Jerry Savelle has a book called <laughs> The Prayer of Petition. Breakthrough to the Impossible, I think, is the little subtitle. Um, I had been introduced to that really many years ago with my parents, my mom and dad. When I bought the practice in Marion, for many years, actually, my mother and I and my husband and my father would get together and we would write out a prayer of petition for the business. What I wanted, what I needed for my business. And it wasn't all material stuff. I would ask God for wisdom. I want to be a good employer. Nobody's perfect, right? But it really is in my heart to have a good place, a good place of employment for other people to work. Um, and so over the years, God blessed the practice enormously. In fact, and I don't say this, um, it's not me at all, but the practice has grown from one location and four employees to four locations and Honestly, I don't know exactly today. I think we have um, almost 70 employees. Uh, so we, we've grown a lot. We've been blessed a lot. Um, this past year, in fact, and, and I'll, I'll say this because a lot of times good things happen in our life and we tend to get complacent, right? We get comfortable. And so over the years, I had quit writing a prayer petition every year for my practice, um, not because I didn't believe in it. Um, I just kind of got complacent, right? The practice was going along. It was doing good. Um, we're tithers. We were honoring God. He was blessing us. I was always very thankful for the blessings. And in fact, about, I guess it would have been about 18 months ago, I decided that I wanted to hire another doctor. I was looking for another provider. She came and visited the practice. She was from North Carolina. We liked her a lot we made her a job offer. And at the last minute, she turned it down. She said to me, I, you know, I'd really like to come here, but my husband, he had another job elsewhere. And, you know, she said, we've just decided that for his career opportunity, it makes more sense for us to stay in North Carolina. I said, okay. Now, and I was disappointed, but it didn't really affect what we were doing that day. It affected future growth. You know, I thought I'm gonna have to find, you know, I know I'm looking for a provider. Well, um, at the time, this time last year, we had eight doctors in the practice, counting myself. Um, 
two of them were, we hired at the same time. They graduated from school together. They were, they're not married, but they were um, boyfriend, girlfriend, and they had been in a long-term relationship, about seven years that they had already been together. She worked for me in our Bristol office. He worked for me in our Richlands office. And, you know, most of you in Southwest Virginia know Richlands, Virginia. I can say this because I grew up in Richlands, Virginia. It is not a big place. It's not a happening place. <laughs> There's not a lot to do in Richlands, Virginia. Uh, but there's good people there, right? And they need eye care, and our practice has grown a lot. Um, so he came to me in February of last year, and he asked if he could talk to me, and he, he just, he'd started crying in my office. He said, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to have to give my notice. I mean, I was shocked. Um, and he said, it's not that I want to leave. He said, but I've got a job offer to teach at a school in optometry in Michigan, and he said, if I'm honest, I've always wanted to teach. I see myself more, you know, in academia than in, you know, the exam room. Um, and he said, and I also have family in Michigan. He said, this is just going to work out perfect for me. He said, but I know I'm leaving you in a hard spot, and I really hate it. Um, and my next thought, I didn't say it to him, was, is your girlfriend going with you? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, how serious is this seven-year relationship? Um, and so, of course, she gave her notice, too. Well, I was, I was not particularly happy. I was happy for them, right? But naturally speaking, I have just lost about 25% of my workforce. <laughs> um, and there's only one of me. My other doctors were already busy seeing their patients. There's no way that physically I can see both of their patients, and, and they're both in two different locations. So th this was in February, and I thought, I, I really, God, I need to pray about this. Um, and so the first thing that hit my mind was the prayer petition. And I apologize if I'm going too long, Pastor. Um, but I want to read this to you because it, uh, I just want to read some verses. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Um, another verse, John 16, 23, and 24 says, In that day you'll ask me nothing. Truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked anything in my name. Ask and you shall receive, and your joy will be complete. And then in Philippians 4.19, it says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I went to um, the person that I always go to, uh, the two people, when things are upsetting in my life, and that's my husband and my mother. Um, and I said, we've got to pray about this. I need help. And so mother said to me, we need to write a prayer petition. And I thought, she's right. We need to do this. This is the answer. So this is the prayer petition that I wrote. I've carried it around in my Bible the whole year. Um, I, I hired a, a recruiter. Actually, I hired three different recruiting firms to help me find doctors. Um, of course, the enemy, every time I would go to a meeting, I would run into three or four of my friends who would say, I'm looking for a doctor, and I can't find anybody. And that's all I heard. Nobody could find help last year, right? Um, I actually had two or three doctors reach out to me about the job offer that we had. I had a few come and visit, and they would always say, I love your office. I love your technology. I love the vision that you have for the practice. I don't want to live in Richlands, Virginia. 
I don't want to live in the middle of nowhere. One woman said to me, she said, I could do this. I grew up in a small town, but her husband and her 16-year-old was with her. And they were like, no, we're not doing this. So uh, we wrote our prayer petition. And my mother said to me, she said, what, what do you want? Or what do you need? And I said, well, I need two doctors. I've got two that's left. I need two doctors. She said, is that what you really need and I, or want? And I said, well, no. I said, I was already looking for one before these two quit, right? I said, so I really need three doctors. Um, but, you know, we try and help God out, right? I'm going to make it easy on you. And my first thought was, I'm only going to ask for two, right? I don't want to be greedy. Um, and then I thought, you know what? Nothing's too big for him. So we wrote the prayer petition out. And in it, I asked for him, Father, I now ask for three doctors to join in Vision Eye Care. I, I listed the kind of attributes that I wanted these doctors to have. Um, and we, I, even though they gave their notice in February, I, I waited. I didn't just run out. I thought, this is, this is a big deal. So it took me about a month. In fact, it's dated March the 20th. Um, and so then I thought, I'm just going to, whenever I think about it, I'm going to, you know, thank you, Lord, that this is answered. The year went on. It, it, honestly, this last year has been the hardest year of my professional life. Um, and finally, in March, I had a recruiting company reach out to me, and they said, we think that we have somebody who might be interested in one of your job offerings that you have. I met with this girl and talked to her. We ended up hiring, though I said, I said March, in November. We ended up hiring a doctor in November. I mean, I was elated, right? This is a huge help to me. Um, and then we ended up, about a month later, hiring another doctor in December, right? I was so excited. I was, you know, I was telling everybody, this is like the best thing ever. And I even said to Scott, I need to get up in church and testify that God has answered my prayer. He's, he's filled the two positions that were open. He's filled these for me. It's such a big deal. And somewhere in the back of my head, I was like, but you asked for three, and you didn't get three, you know? So I'm very thankful, as we all should be, but there was something that just didn't sit right with me. I, I didn't really get 100% what I asked for, right? Um, and so long story short, one day I was just driving to work and somebody called me. It was literally like the week of Christmas. I had, I had already taken my job offers down because I technically, which was stupid, right? I asked God for three and I took the job offers down. Um, but I had somebody call me and they had seen on a website a listing and she said, can I talk to you about this? Are you still looking? I said, I can talk all day long. Um, so to make a long story short, we hired our third doctor right at the end of the year. And it's just been. So, and, and I, I, I won't go too much longer. But the one thing that I wanted to say, this past week I was listening to a minister. Um, and I really feel like this is a key for us to getting answers to our prayers in the new year. Um, he was talking about Thanksgiving. And he said, Thanksgiving is what opens the door to answered prayers. And I think every single person in this room, we're all thankful when God moves in our life, right? If I'm honest, I did not spend nearly as much time after March the 20th when we wrote this until November thanking him every day. You know, it would come to my mind sometimes, but I didn't spend a lot of time thanking him on purpose for the answer. And I'm 100% convinced that had I posted this in my bathroom, put it somewhere where I would see it every single day, 
if I had spent time saying, thank you, God, for three doctors. Thank you, God, for three doctors. I'm thanking you right now in advance. Um, I think it would have showed up sooner. In a way, I made my own life harder than I had to be because I didn't I wasn't, didn't do this. And, and that's why I read that verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. We think of thanksgiving as the rearview mirror. I'm going to thank him for what he did for me, and we should. But we also need to thank him by faith for what he's going to do for us. So just so you know, I have another prayer petition this year for what he's going to do in my business. I'm not going to let that go. I've learned my lesson. Um, I bought a vision board, and my daughter and I have talked about we're going to make a vision board of what we want God to do in our lives. So if you have things, whether it's financial, it's, if it's business, if it's health, if it's, you know, I, I heard a testimony of a guy who wanted to quit smoking, uh, and he wrote a prayer petition about it. Whatever it is that you want God to do for your life, research those scriptures Get before God, get you a prayer partner, somebody that you can pray with, and then keep it in front of you and thank him for it. And I'm believing this is going to show up for next year. Isn't that awesome? How many of y'all know that, she, that knew that she had written a prayer petition? Anybody? No. Because that's between her, her husband, or her family, and her business, and God. But then there comes a time that you can testify what God has done. Because there's some people who don't even have a clue how to believe for a, 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 an employee because they've never owned a business. You don't walk around and tell everybody what you're believing for. You hold it between you and God. God, you know, Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees who stand on the corner and just pray and pray loud and let everybody know they're praying. They're not going to be heard. But you go and do it in private and do it in secret. Now, now here's the deal. She, she, they prayed, they had this prayer petition. What it basically is, you're right. There's some things you can just pray right now and be done. But there's some things that you need to get a hold of and you need to lay it out on paper. She signed it as a contract. Her husband signed it. Her mom signed it. That they're believing you. We're believing you, God. You can't make God do things, but you're, you're reminding God of his word that you're standing in his word. You see, it's never, never more pleasing for a father to have his children to do what he told them to do, and they succeed. Uh, your kids have your attitude whether you like it or not. If you don't like your kid's attitude, you need to look in the mirror. I'm just saying, we need to have God's attitude about things. God's thoughts, God's mind. This is why I started this whole thing. It's God's mind about me that I need to have. And God, won't, you know, it doesn't say that Brett will marry Lisa anywhere in the Bible. But it says if a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So I'm looking for a wife. I want to find a good thing. And now, so I'm allowed to pick Lisa to be my wife. You see how that works? Nowhere does it say she'll have four doctors hired in 2022 in the Bible. But there are plenty of promises in the Bible that you can ask for what you need and what you want, and you can receive it with F-A-I-T-H, faith. So prayer is about putting your faith into God and trusting God. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. One, one other thing I want to add uh, in the year 2020. 
3, as I said, the church is growing. For every person that leaves the church, two are added. That's what that growth looks like. And so we claim that in the name of Jesus. And we need you to be here and be faithful because God wants to change your life. Not that I can, but he can. So our, our foundation scripture is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. They'll put it on the screen. You have a blank, so write, write some things down today. And you've heard this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, they will, uh, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, now, what I want you to look at, if people are called by my name, if you're a believer in here, you're called by the name of the Lord. The key to this whole thing is will you humble yourself? And so the title of this message is Humility. Whoa. And I'm not talking about false humility. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But humility is the greatest secret of success in the entire world. Humility. What do you mean? Really? Humility, humble people trust God. Humble people pray. Humble people believe. Humble people have strong faith. Oh, shucks, pastor, I don't really deserve that. That's false humility. I don't really deserve the things God wants me. That is false humility. That's baloney. Moses was the most humble man on the planet, and he led over 3 million people. He frustrated with them half the time. But he was humble because he stayed before God. He knew he needed God. Humble people know they need God in their life. And then things are manifest in their life through different things. And we're going to look at some of them today. I'm going to give you some examples. But I want to remind you, it's not milk toast, weak. You're not a doormat. Humble people are strong because they know that God is their strength. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So we're a people of prayer. So I'm a person of prayer. Can you say that? I pray. I know you can. Some of you got to say it by faith. It's okay. We're going to turn this around, right? So a humble person turns everything over to God. Gives him for the credit for everything. God loves it. Yeah. We got to be delivered from self-image and giving God the glory and let God make the image that we need. Just, just throwing that out there. So, so let's just so say this before we dive in. The opposite of humility is pride. And you, oh, shucks, Pastor, uh, that's some of that's pride. You know, we always think somebody's boastful and somebody's this and that and the other. But a lot of times, quiet people are proud. They're quiet because they don't want nobody, they don't want to be seen. They're too proud to be seen, don't want to be say, or say something wrong or be judged. Come on, it's God's our judge. And we're, we, we go after. Moses went before God. He knew who he was. He knew who God was. He interceded for the people. Look at Abraham up and down. But Abraham knew who he was, knew who God was. And interceded for the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Stood before God. Well, we, come on now. If there's 50, he's, he's talking to God, and he, but he's humble about it. He sought God. It's okay. God, this is your word. God, God's so excited. You know, you tell your kids you're going to get ice cream. They're going, we're going to get ice cream today. We're going to get ice cream today. That's the way you ought to be about the promises of God. 
Oh, I'm going to be blessed. I'm, I'm, going to be, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. The whole earth groans and travails for me to be the man of God that God's called me to be or the woman of God. So, let's check out. There's four things. Once you write them down, number one, humility is serving God and others. Humble people serve God. Humility is serving God and other people. Well, what can we do to serve God? In Ephesians 4, 2, uh, let, me, let me put that back up there. Humility is serving God. Let's let them write it down. Gentleman on the front is trying to print it all out. I'm just kidding. I'm making fun. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 2 says, With all lowliness, that's humility and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Humble people not only pray for themselves, but they pray for others. James 5, 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous woman avails much. A man avails much. Well, I don't know. I, I don't feel righteous. You're not righteous in your own right. You don't go by your feelings. You go by what the Word says, and the Bible says that Jesus shed his blood for you to be right with God. So you are therefore righteous. Now it's your part to get in the righteous line and start walking in it and become righteous. He said, be holy as I am holy. That doesn't, you got to do your part. But come on, he wants to hear you. When you repent, Lord, I'm coming to the throne of grace. I have been frustrated for the last month. 2021, 22 has had me frustrated. Lord, heal me. Heal my heart. Heal my mind. I'm sick of coronavirus. I'm sick and tired of this earth. So if you're sick and tired of it, then change. Yeah. i got to change, Lord. Now, when you ask, your prayers are going to avail. That's how it's simple. you got to get your heart and mind in line and then get your body in line. So, Jesus has a habit of sitting down and calling the children to him and putting them in his lap or picking them up. He picked up those who were lowering him and picked them up to where he was at. That's what he's doing for us. He wants to pick you up and put you on his level. That's where you're positioned. That's where you belong. We are seated with Christ God's here and Jesus is on his right hand and the Bible says we're seated with Christ. Man, it's a good place to be. We can look down at our problems. Look down at the earth. I'm seated with, well, I, I, I'm, I'm under. No, it's time to be an overcomer. It's time to be more. So we got to serve others. Now, now, I'm going to stop just for a second, and this is for everybody in the room. I, I just talked about serving others, but come on, it's time to get selfish about some things. Okay, are you ready? Some of you are addicted to buying stuff. You know, back in the day, it was QVC, because my, when my grandfather passed away, there were boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of QVC that wasn't even open, and he was addicted to buying stuff. Now you got Amazon. I'm getting on your toes. I'm sorry. But hold on a minute. As exciting as it feels to buy something on there, and I know you get a thrill from it, you have got to turn that and get excited about saving $100. Because 
Can you save $100 and be just as excited about it? Ooh, I stuck some money back today. You are never going to get ahead by spending everything, every blessing that God sends to you. And you are never going to get ahead if you don't start taking care of your body. This is a new year. I know people break resolutions, but we have got to get control of our bodies and our money and our finances or we're not going to change. We have got to change. I'm stepping out because we have got to be obedient and we've got to be disciplined. Because you want to have money, you got to learn how to save it. The easiest thing to do in the earth is to die, and the second one is to spend money. You can. Ooh, look at that Snickers bar. They're calling my name. Look what they got Reese's candy, too. Now we got a handful. And you want a honey bun, Jeff? I'm buying now. What we do, I'm sorry I got off on that, but that was, uh, that just hit me right there, so. But we got to. I mean, you know it. I know it. And I'm not pointing fingers. If I do, I got pointing fingers at me. We have got to get a hold of the money. You have got to start saving. You've got to start saving up so you can have, so you can buy something that will bring a return. Houses and brethren and land God wants to give you. Houses that you didn't build. Well, you know, we say give. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord to give it to me. Well, how about he's already given you enough money, but you spent it. You could have bought it. We don't think about it like that. But come on, get excited about saving. And not saving just, I'm going to save up and buy a new one. I'm saving just to save. It's a, cha- it's a mindset. It's a change. We got to change, right? Number two, humility is submitting to God and to others. We serve people with them, uh, serve them without people, uh, without expecting somebody to serve you or get something in return. I mean, Jesus picked up a kid. What's that kid going to do? Why, why don't we build a, a, something for the kids in the back, the playground? Why don't we do that? They, they, they don't add to this service. They're the church. They're the church. And every lowly person, see, you ought to have a hold of somebody that's above you and somebody that's below you, and you're helping somebody and somebody's helping you. You need to be feeding, and you need to feed. So humility is submitting to others. In Ephesians 5.20, it says, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Susan said that. We, we need to learn how to give thanks. You remember I said, from amen to here it is, that's the time for thanksgiving. When you say, Father, oh, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every time it pops up in your mind, every time you think, well, I don't have anything, thank you, Lord. It's coming. It's mine. It's promised to me. It's promised to me. That's what that prayer petition's about. That's what any prayer's about. It's from amen to here it is. It's thank you, Lord. Expectancy. We had ladies that just had babies. Nine months. They were pregnant. Now, they were still, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Now they have a baby, and it's still, thank you, Lord. Verse 21 said, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We're not afraid of God, but we respect him. We honor him. He's God. We honor God, and we love God, and we, we submit to him. And we submit to others. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, 
all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. There's that humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That comes from respecting your elders. When I honor my elders, grace comes to me. If I give my elders grace, grace comes to me. If I help them, grace comes to me. If I don't honor them, I ain't helping them. You know, he's a knucklehead. I know he's older, but uh uh-uh, uh-uh. We got to respect. We got to learn to respect people again. It's time to give some things up, like our pride. It's time to relax in our own skin. Be who you're supposed to be. God made you. And don't give me that, well, you know, God made me a smoker. No, he didn't. No. No, God made you the righteousness of God, and you're, you can't change your attitude. You can change your attitude, but your personality, work with it. God gave you that personality. He gave you joy. He didn't give you negativity. That comes from the environment maybe you were raised in or you were hurt by. Let's keep going. Respect to others. It's time to give it up. Uh, see, pride chases influence. That's why I said be comfortable in your own skin. Look at me, look at me. You know, you ever said kids say, look what I can do. And they're jumping. Look what I can do. Or, you know, we all want to be seen. I want to tell you, God sees you. God sees you. And when you're humble and you submit to God and you serve people and you respect your elders, God's the one who opens the door. But if you're always sitting back, well, I wouldn't do what Clayton's doing. I mean, driving that bus, and I don't know about what all he does, and he's crazy. What's that to you? I'd do it this way. I'd do it that way. Well, the proverbial is how you skin a cat. It's like like we said out there, he he took a pair of pliers and held a, a, a nail to keep hitting his fingers. There's more than one way to do it. You know what? It's just not your way. That's pride. Say, do it my way. So, look, that was my ideal. That was my ideal. Did you see that? It's not, it's not humility. Number three, humble people pray, and they pray daily. Just for a little commercial break, we have an online. We're putting up 21 days of prayer, and there's a, <clears throat> there's a sheet out back you can sign up for. Uh, but we're all going to go through this 21 days. I want you to pray with us. I want you to be in tune with us because humble people pray daily. Humble people are in the Word daily. You know, if you follow Rick Renner, he always puts on, have you read your Bible today? Have you read your Bible today? That's what he puts on Facebook. Have you read your Bible today? Have you prayed today? Have you read your Bible? Have you prayed? What's the purpose of reading the Bible? I'm telling you, you just read the Bible and you're getting God's heart about a matter. You're getting God's thoughts about a matter. And God will give you answers to things in that scripture you read yesterday for today that you don't even know. Somebody's going to ask you, and you know what? I just read that yesterday. Wow. The Holy Spirit sets you up to look smart. He does it to me all the time. It's all right. Amen over there. So Chronicle said the people will humble themselves and pray. Philippians 4, 6. And she read it, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, <clears throat> by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. You ever had that nervous? Come on, it's time to pray, isn't it? One of, one of great Bible teachers was Derek Prince from England, and he goes, we need a little carpet time every day. We need some carpet time. Whether you, whether you lay down on your face on the carpet, whether you sit, whether you walk, whether you're driving down the road, whether you're washing dishes, you need to be praying. If you got an idle time, there's so much distraction. Come on, we can put the radio on, and we can listen to country. We can listen to rock and roll. We can be on the highway to hell. That's distraction. That's distraction. How about spending some time? Everybody's looking for, oh, I just need to relax. Can you give me a shot of something? Can you give me a snort of something to relax? Uh, come on. Praying in the Holy Spirit is the greatest way to relax. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in other tongues. Praying the Word. Praying the promise. And it brings glory to God. God's got this. Why am I carrying this? Why am I worried about this? I'm tired of carrying all this. It's not for me to carry. God, you weren't made to carry that stress. The Bible says, cast your cares. Cares are worries and fears and anxious, what you're anxious about, over on the Lord, for he cares for you. means he wants to take care of it. He wants to help you. And back to that prayer petition. If it's that big and that, that heavy, you need to write it out and cast it over. I, I laughed at Fred Price was talking about, he's a pastor of church in California, and, and uh, this woman said, you know, I heard you preach it. You, you cast your cares over on the Lord. But my husband's 6'8 and weighs 345 pounds. How do I cast him? <laughs> I can't throw him anywhere. He said, you write it down. Everything that you want changed in him, and you write down a promise that will change everything. But you write down all the negative things, and I want you to wad it up, and I want you to throw it in the trash, and I want you to never talk about it again. You may see it. But you're looking at the promises now. When you see that he's not changed or hadn't done this, you go back and look at that promise. But you cast all that away. But all you're doing is looking at he's not this, he's not that, he's not this, he's not that. And there's the next day, he's not this, he's not that, he's not this, he's not that. It's time to get rid of that and say, he's a mighty man of God. He's an overcomer. He's powerful in the spirit. Oh, he hears the voice of God. Come on. And so that's where we want to get, and we got to change. Everybody needs that little uh, carpet time. We need to remind ourselves uh, that his greatness, God's greatness is available to every one of us. You know, God, that's where the respect for God, he created the universe. He's in and out of time. There's no time with God. He created time. And God is able and God is faithful. And, and I was reading Abraham and Sarah, and, 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 you know, he said, God, I'm 100 years old, my wife's 90, and you're going to visit us? He's, and, and Sarah laughed, and he goes, is there nothing too hard for God? Is there nothing too hard for God? I'm going to answer that. No, there is nothing too hard for God. I want to remind you that, that God is awesome. God is mighty. There are, there are angels flying around his throne. Holy, holy, holy. Continuous worship. 
And that's what your prayer time will turn into is worship. It needs to turn into worship. It needs to turn into honor. It needs to turn into that we respect God, we honor God, and we worship him because humble people worship God. Number four, God exalts the humble. There's scripture and scripture and scripture. I'm only just hitting some highlights, y'all, today. Come on, it's time to get humble. It's time to be bold. Humble people are bold. We, we, that's false humility. Well, shucks, you know, I'm not. Uh-uh. God exalts humble people. Pride says, I can do it. I don't need God. And when you don't pray is what you're saying. You know, the world says the tougher and the meaner you are, the further you'll get. But God's just the opposite. He opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. In James 4.10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. When you pray and not being seen, God said he'll exalt you, he'll open doors for you, and people will wonder why. Because you paid the price in prayer. You died to yourself. Turn the TV off. Okay, I'm back on the own. I'm sorry. And you read the Bible for a change. It's time to change for a change. Humble yourselves and he will lift you up. You know, God loves to find a little shepherd boy that will worship him and that will pray to him and that will sing to him and that will follow him and that will do whatever he asks. He's looking for a shepherd girl to do the same thing. And he's talking about you. He found David. And you know, David, David was humble, huh? And he ran out and killed Goliath. The whole time he's mouthing, God's got me. I got a covenant with God. You can't tell me he wasn't scared, but the Spirit of God was on him. And so he began to say what the Spirit of God would say, was saying to him. Instead of saying, oh, that guy's huge. Oh, that guy's big. Just like everybody else that was cowering behind the rock, the Spirit of God came on him. You have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And when you start praying and you start declaring who God said you are, the Spirit of God comes on you. And change comes on your life. And you're not only doing your job, you're, doing, you're anointed to do what you're doing at work. You ever thought about that? That the Spirit of God's on you to help you to do work? Man, I, 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 I did it on purpose. I, I trusted him. I asked him. I, I built stuff. I was contracting. I built stuff. I asked God to bless it. I asked God to give me wisdom, how to put something together, how to make it look good. And people say, I don't know if that's going to work. And then they'd come back and say, man, how did you do that? But I went into where I was on sales. I was working uh, a commission only. It's just me and God, baby. God's my help, my source, my strength. I had 3,000 customers when I left. 3,000. How do you keep care of 3,000? And I could tell, and the Spirit of God helped me. I could tell you what kind of radio they had, what frequency they was using, what earpieces they had. It just, boom, just come to me. I might not remember their name, but I was more focused on what the piece of equipment they had. I had to know it. God is our help. He's our source. My wife would tell you, I, I kept her awake. I never said a word. I'm just laying in bed. I'm trying to, how am I going to learn all this stuff? How am I going to learn all this stuff? 
how am I going to learn all this stuff? And she'd go, I never said anything. She goes, are you all right? It's three in the morning. I said, yeah. But I began to pray. I began to ask God. You see, literally, you can take the Word of God and apply it to your life, to your business. God will help you, and the Spirit of God will come on you, and He will give you favor. When you got to stand before all these people and do presentations, I've been there. And, they, and, and the favor of God comes on you, and you don't even have to give the presentation because the people in the room start saying, this is the guy we want. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I've had people come up as I was in, in the sales business. They go, hey, we're buying this from you. I go, well, we don't sell that. He goes, I don't care. We're buying this from you. I said, well, you can buy it as cheap as I can. He said, yeah, I don't care. I'm buying it for you. I can't buy it, so I got to buy it, and I choose you. I said, well, I got to add 20% to it. He said, I don't care. I'm buying it from you. I'm like, okay, I'll take it. It's just I'm a little slow, a little hard-headed here because that's not in my wheelhouse. I don't sell that stuff. But he goes, you are today. I said, okay. When you got people say, you need to get this, and you need to get it from Brett. That's the favor of God. You need to get this, and you need to go to him. You need to go to Susan King and get your eyeglasses. You need to go, you know, you need to go to this person or that person. That's the favor of God. The people come to remembrance, and they say, you need to go to them. That, that's the, what the Spirit of God wants to do. That's why you pray instead of sit there with the mother grubs. Don't be Eeyore. I'm tired of being Eeyore. Well, you know, if it's going to happen bad, it's going to happen to me. It's my birthday, but nobody ever gets me nothing anyway. It don't be Eeyore. It's time to change. You know what? You have expectancy that God's got you, that God's got you back. So, Proverbs 22, 4. We're going to land this plane in just a second. We'll show you something in a minute about humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Humility is defined as the fear of the Lord. Riches, honor, and life. James 4, 6, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There it is again. He watches our attitudes when we are alone, despised, and rejected. And if our attitude stays kind and humble, he's preparing a huge stage for you. But you got to serve. You got to be submitted and you know what? God, you submit to God. How do you know that I'm submitted to God because I can submit to you? How do I know that I love God because I love you? See, see, it, John said that if you can't love the person you see, how can you say you love God? See, that, that's the, the standard and the board. But God's greatest force is humility. How many know Jesus was humble? Let's read Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. That, that gentle and lowly in heart is humble. And his yoke, man, that's what I want, his yoke. 
And verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' yoke is easy and burden is light. And Jesus is humble because Jesus said, I only do what the Father says. I only say what the Father says. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was humble. He stayed before the Father. He did what the Father did. He honored the Father. And he honored people. And he served people. Notice how many times Jesus served people. He fed the 5,000. He healed the sick. He called the kids to him. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He loved mother-in-laws. It's a joke. I just went over your head, I know. He loves everybody. But he's humble, he's kind, he's meek. That's Jesus. And it's time to be humble. It's time to pray. Won't you bow your heads today? This is 2023. Let's start it off. Jeff, Jeff preached a great message last Sunday. We're starting 21 days of prayer. Get on board to start a habit of praying. Start a habit of reading the Word. We've got this devotional just for you, get you to help you get started. But I want to ask a question today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you give him your heart? If you've never given Jesus your heart, will you accept him as Lord and Savior today? Would you lift your hand and say, Pastor Brad, I need you to pray for me. Maybe you're here today, you know, I haven't been living for God like I need to. I got saved a long time ago, but I've kind of been like the prodigal son. I've kind of backslid. If that's you, will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. I want to I wanna get right this year. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see your hands. God loves you. God forgives you. One of the greatest things you need to do is forgive yourself and come back to the family. He has never kicked you out of the family. You walked away. I don't care what anybody said. Some people tell you, well, you, 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 you left and God doesn't take you back. That's not true. The father represented God and he looked for that son every day and God's been looking for you to come back and just rest in him. So let's pray this together. Father, today I enter in to rest with you. Forgive me. I've come to change, to be renewed, to be strengthened by your spirit, by your word. Help me, Lord. Be my strength, my shield, and the glory and the lifter of my head. Thank you for forgiving me as I forgive myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.